0: if we are suspending an expectation of who we are based on who we've been, it allows us to be completely present in the possibility of any given moment. Mm. And then, and then when we're present fully inspiration flows and when inspiration flows aligned with the present moment, Mm. naturally initiative will come from that. Mm -hmm. So it's like presence and gratitude equals inspiration equals initiative. So you know, that, that question of what does it look like to like, be present and also hold a goal at the same time. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if we can trust ourselves to be present, we know inherently that, that initiative and action will come from that place mm-hmm. and it will be way aligned. Mm-hmm.
1: everyone I'm Kara,
2: and I'm Caleb and welcome to the Kara and Caleb show
1: when it comes to life we believe it is so important to ask the right questions but also to learn how to live in the tension and the uncertainty of those questions
2: Yes, when we learn to live in the tension of unanswered questions, we become more resilient, more radiant, and more human.
1: On this podcast, we explore the questions that have shaped and defined the lives of our guests.
2: And then we dive deep into the beauty and the transformational process that occurs as we wait for answers that may or may not come as we expected.
1: So join us as we explore what's possible when we are able to rest in the tension and live the questions of our lives right now. I've got the heart
0: of a human.
1: You know, when you meet those people in life and you're like, are you from Earth or are you from somewhere else? That is literally how I feel about Christine O'Neill, today's guest.
2: She's honestly one of the most fascinating individuals, people's. Her story is beyond. If you just heard it like through the grapevine, you'd be like, no, that's not true.
1: Yeah. She feels like a fairy from another land. I always say that so much wisdom. I always say that in her presence, it feels like mind yoga. She teaches you to like open up and and be flexible. And it's such a beautiful thing.
2: She's honestly one of those people that... If you have a conversation with her, Uh you cannot walk away the same person that you were.
1: Agreed. We end up talking about the conversations we've had with Christine at every dinner party we go to, even if she's not there.
2: I know. (laughs) What did you love, actually, about this podcast? Oh,
1: gosh. In this this conversation, I really loved uh, her perspective on wealth consciousness and how Mm. uh, money is energy. It's really enlightening. I
2: feel like there's so much language out there around that subject, but- Mm -hmm. It's almost like people use that language because they read it in someone else's book. But with Christine, it's like, no, this is coming from her heart. Like she owns this. She's living it. She's living this. She owns this. And it's radically challenged me. Even with, and we talk about this in the podcast. Uh And I encourage you to get to the part of the podcast where we actually speak about this. But writing a letter to money, Mm -hmm. like it really did do something in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see the the ripple effects of that in my life, financially speaking, which yeah. is just crazy.
1: Yeah. And even the question that she asked that she posed herself is, is so good.
2: Yeah. It's extremely challenging mm-hmm. in so many different ways, simply because I think uh, we always have heard, you know, don't let past failures define mm-hmm. who you are, but she's waking up every day and also saying, don't let my past successes and achievements to dictate my life as well. So, what I love about that is she's really working on coming into the present moment mm-hmm. every single day and
1: staying in the and present and staying moment. in the
2: present, not letting failures or accomplishments mm-hmm. to almost have a predetermined outcome on where she thinks she should take life, but living in the present, opening up her heart space and allowing the universe to bring to her what is meant to be for her.
1: Yeah, that's so good. If you guys don't know Christine, she is an executive coach, a teamwork facilitator, an organizational consultant and an international speaker.
2: Uh, her work is it's focused. <laughs> on supporting positive behavioral change through experiential strategy and elevating self-awareness. She helps companies scale by coaching executives to lead through integrative alignment. She's advised and or coach leaders at Slack, Vanderbilt University, Live Nation, the Entourage. Heck, she's worked with people from the Commonwealth Bank of Australia.
1: <laughs> Super incredible. Uh, you will absolutely love this conversation. She's so uh, mind-blowing. And what I actually love
2: about her though, babe, is at the age of 21, oh. She was named as one of the 10 Clinton scholars to conduct research in the Middle East on conflict resolution and global interdependence. What were you doing at 21?
1: I was not doing that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The range of skills, I remember when she told us this, the range of skills that she actually gained during that time in cross-cultural communication, body language analysis hostage negotiation negotiation, and foreign languages still come into play regularly regularly in her work today
1: Mm -hmm. we're so excited to introduce you guys to her if you want to find out more information about her we'll have all of that listed below in the description
2: and we sincerely hope as always that this podcast and this conversation blesses you as much as it did us
1: Yes. Uh, we're so happy to be with you. Yes. This is so lovely. Likewise. Um, I'm just going to dive in and ask you a question. Okay. Because that is what this podcast is about, asking yes. good questions. So, so true. Can you tell us uh, maybe a question that has defined your life a little bit? Maybe a question that you've asked yourself or someone has asked you that has shaped the way you think in the world? There have been
0: several along the way. Mm-hmm. the m- The freshest one, though, is... It has to do with expectations of self and how I frame up my possibilities by really only looking at what I know Mm. about myself, you know, like what have I accomplished? What have I failed at? So the question that has been incredibly transformative for me recently is what would be possible if I suspended judgment of myself based on who I've been in the past and not just not thinking about failures, not thinking about accomplishments because accomplishments can also put us on a certain trajectory Mm. or Mm. pigeonhole us just as much as being held back by failures. So the question is, what would be possible if I didn't define myself by who I've been up until this moment Mm. and also previous ideas of what my future could look like? Yeah, And that's when the doors blew off.
2: That's so serious. Like, because oftentimes when you hear that, it's just about failures. Mm-hmm. Don't let your failures define you. Mm-hmm. But also, don't let your accomplishments define who you are. And a couple of different things I'm thinking of is a. What does that look like to suspend judgment? Mm-hmm. And then b. And I'll ask this again, but I find that like the idea of suspending judgment um, and living in the present. There's a direct correlation between the two. And so that defining that process around this idea of how do we stay goal goal oriented. And actually step into goals and have aspirations, but also live in the present
0: mm-hmm. the, it, it it's it definitely
2: gets into
0: uh, it it bumps up against so much of what we've learned mm. um, because suspending judgment of of ourselves and of possibilities it's like you know as humans we really pride ourselves and we do so much of what we do in order to come to a conclusion about something you know in order to discover something and then know it to be true about ourselves or about the world so we live these lives where we're we're moving through them and figuring things out and learning and discovering and coming to conclusions and being like Mm -hmm. okay now I know what this is like or now I know who I am in this situation or I know who that person is now because I've had this experience. So that that serves as as a as a kernel of of stability that we or kernels of stability mm-hmm. that we're like almost like rock climbing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you picture the little things, what are those called? When you're the rock little... climbing grippers. The grippers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like we're always c- trying to create new grippers so that we can then like move through life. Life. Mm-hmm. I've never Said mm. that metaphor before, That's and up too, <laughs> and We're up. trying to go up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when when we ask ourselves to suspend judgment or suspend expectation, it's it runs counter to the way we've always lived our lives for the most part. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's But what does
2: suspending judgment look like to you? Like when yeah, I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, I'm gonna suspend judgment and mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. like what does that look like?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really difficult. I mean yeah. that, that's why it's my continuing question right now because yeah. mm, <laughs> I have so not bad. I' have not figured this out. For me right now, it just looks like trying to, uh be aware of myself when I am setting an expectation on myself or an expectation of a situation, an expectation of another person mm. um, and and re- truly allowing myself to realize what that's doing. I mean I had this visual recently of uh, what an expectation is and it's and it's interesting because the reason we have expectations is because we think in our mind that let me have an expectation of this and that will somehow motivate, Myself or this person or this situation to like be more of what I want it to be, mm-hmm. mm. right? That's why we set an expectation. But I had this conflicting visual with this idea that I've had pretty much my whole life. And it was like an expectation presented itself to me as like this gnarled mm. hand. The expectation was the hand and anything that it was grabbing onto. whether that be a person or a situation, it would grab it and just crush it. Mm. Just eliminate all possibility, (laughs) which is so opposite. Like we think that we place an expectation to help something grow or change, but it's doing the opposite. It's crushing it. Wow. This is how it occurred for me. Yeah. So it's, it's when I, I, I have an energy to me when I realize that I have an expectation and uh, yeah. The, for me, the practice is just making sure I'm always aware of when I'm doing that, and mm-hmm. then saying, "Ooh, I'm doing that. What would this look like if I removed?"
1: Yeah. Is do you feel like you're asking this question more around your work life, your personal life, your relational life, or is it kind of all encompassing I of think those things?
2: Along with that, like I'm maybe you've answered this, but I'm interested in knowing the context of what your life. What's happening in your life that led you to start asking this question? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If if that was around like the the business side or the relationship side.
0: Relationship. However, (laughs) as y'all know, when when something's happening in one Mm. realm of life and you become aware of it, you see how it's Mm -hmm. happening in all the other places. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it came up with with my husband. Mm. We had an experience together where um, we both kind of came to terms with how we were being together Mm -hmm. and the energy, the tension of frustration that we both had, like my frustration arose from me placing an expectation on him Mm -hmm. and of like how I think he should be, you know, Mm -hmm. and here's the interesting part. It was around, uh, like I want him to go to this amazing personal development retreat that I went to. And we had this deal, Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to pay a certain amount off the mortgage because that's his love language. Mm. And then he was going to go to this personal that's development so retreat. And, and we like made this business transaction deal. Um, and so I did my part. And then he was like, oh, I'll go in a few <laughs> years. Yeah. And I was like, was that the deal? But then I realized I can't. I, you can't make someone do a thing in that realm of things where they're when they're not willing, mm-hmm. and so the the interesting thing for me, the point that I'm getting to, I will get to a point okay, um, that I was frustrated with him because of this air of like, I know it all. I don't need to. I don't need to go to that thing, you know. Mm. And the very reason that I was frustrated is because I was projecting on him that I knew it all. Mm. Mm. Therefore, you're wrong, and you do need to go to this thing and it's the same thing right the same thing I thought I was mad at him for I was actually doing that's good. so that's so
1: good does that answer your question yeah it does <laughs> that's so good it makes me think about gosh so many things but it makes me think about um even what you said about the accomplishments like I feel recently in my career life <clears throat> I'm at this standstill and I'm like which way do I go and I'm, I'm attempting to base it off of my past, both in failures and in successes. And the idea of like waking up every morning and being like, I'm a new human. I can do whatever I want is a really fascinating concept. And we were joking the other day when I moved to LA, I had no plan. And I kind of made up this idea that I was a chef. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'll be a chef. And then now my entire work life is in food. But I think I had somehow in my subconscious, I had that ability to, to be like, I can do whatever I want to do because I'm a new human. Mm -hmm. And over the past seven years of successes, failures, I feel like I've built up this Rolodex of what I've done. And it's, it's, it's been almost a barrier for me to move forward, a huge barrier. And so I love this idea of waking up and being like, Hmm, what is, what is possible if I, I'm just a new me today? Mm -hmm yeah that's absolutely. Really good.
0: And I think that that lends itself, Kayla, back to your point, about presence and mm. what that truly means. Like if we are suspending an expectation of who we are based on who we've been, mm. it allows us to be completely present in the possibility of any given moment mm. and then And then, when we're present fully, inspiration flows. And when inspiration flows aligned with the present moment, mm. naturally, Initiative will come yeah. from that, so mm-hmm. it's like presence and gratitude equals inspiration equals initiative. So, you know that that question of what does it look like to like be present and also hold a goal at the same time. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if we can trust ourselves to be present, we know inherently that that initiative and action will come from that place, mm-hmm. and it will be way aligned. Mm-hmm.
1: I, go ahead. No, well, I was just gonna say it's 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 like the whole concept of. Like, people are so afraid if I'm so self-compassionate and I'm so kind to myself and I'm so gentle, I'll just be a couch potato and right. never get off the couch. Yeah. But actually, when you're self-compassionate, you treat yourself better, you eat better, you work out more. Like, you you treat yourself so much better. So, yeah. Even
2: just trusting that there is a mm-hmm. force inside of you that will compel you and to drive you forward as you trust in the present and live in the present. Mm-hmm. And I find that living in the present and suspending, um, you know, the the thoughts around expectation of who I should be or who I was and so on and so forth. Living in the present is so incredibly hard, I feel like, especially for me drawing from my own story because I drew so much worth and value from who I used to be and the things that I've done. Mm. And that's always been the driving force behind my life. And then suddenly if you're asking me to suspend that and no longer draw worth from that or draw motivation from that Identity. and I have to do it from the present and live in the present, suddenly I'm confronted with this reality. Oh my God, without that, who am I? I'm not enough. And so I can't actually, I can't live in the present because if I live in the present, I have to face that I'm not enough. Hmm. And I'm not actually ready for that yet.
0: And then if, if you take that one step further. Please coach me. Of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of living in the present means you face that you're not enough mm-hmm. if you are even one step further into what really living in the present means it eliminates that not enoughness in the same breath yes mm. you know yeah. because it, because there's no it's completely irrelevant so yeah. there so you can't have tension with it
2: that's so good wow. so it's like it's like a it's it takes a, me a minute a, to like wrap my brain around that yeah it's it's <laughs> a
0: it's the level beyond yeah you know. what we would normally think of as expectations so, as so
2: where okay. so because my thing is is like you know expectation is the atmosphere um, for disappointment, or some people I mean I grew up in the charismatic world, and I think it's defining expectation, so it's like expectation is the atmosphere for miracles, like have this expectation that God will and God will do, and so on and so forth um, but i'm I'm interested in like what does like it look like to cultivate genuine hope in your heart? with sh- suspending judgment and our letting go of expectations.
1: Yeah. Can you have expectant hope? Can you without have this expectant hope? And I think it's important
2: that we would define hope. Yeah. Um, and have it without expectations or some fixation on a particular outcome. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: It makes so much sense. I'm about to throw a big old curveball at you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give us. So recently in this contemplation around expectations, I love that we're having this conversation right now. It's so fresh for me. So, I recently came to the conclusion that hope is closer to expectation than dreams. So as a society, we say hopes and dreams, hopes and dreams. It's like this light thing. Mm. But hope in my experience of it and how I'm contemplating it right now um, can be just as crippling. Mm. Can you
2: define hope?
0: Hope, yeah. Like, I hope it comes out this way. So like, would you I say hope... hope
2: and wishful thinking are synonymous with the world?
0: Yeah, wishful thinking, hope, expectations. Those are all kind of in the same universe. Okay. And they're in a different universe to me right now than dreaming. Mm. Dreaming of possibility. Mm. And let, let, me, let me quote a, po- a poem to you. Please. My coach sent this poem to me. And it's, it's on the nature of falling. And it's talking about water and rain and, and, and basically tracing water's path through nature. And there's this one line where it says something along the lines of, and like water, I desire to, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Like water, I desire to hold the weight of hope against the patience. That, sorry. The weight of hope against the light of patience. Say it one more time. Yeah, I'm
2: not even going to act like I the know what that means. The weight
0: of hope <laughs> <laughs> against the light of patience. So oh, I, oh, it's saying the, well, that
2: hope is mm, weighty. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it weighs us down. And that patience and being with Mm. something is where the lightness is Mm. that's Mm. where the the flow is hope is like a is like a paperweight Mm. kind of like expectation Mm -hmm.
2: do you find that there's a difference between hope when you're unable when you're not living in the present right and all the expectations and all these defining forces are, are the motives behind your life And you have this hope, and that hope has the potential to really weigh you down, Mm -hmm. right? But do you find that there is a different understanding of hope as you're living in the present? Because for me, I say that because I've always had, like, you know, this idea of just hope, be better, do better, just hope that it's just, you know, positive affirmations and hope and hope and hope. And I can totally relate to how that's bogged me down and how that's been so weighty for me because my hope was placed in an expectation that things would look a certain Mm -hmm. way or a particular outcome, and that just suffocated the life out of me. Mm-hmm. Um but then there was this idea of like you know on June 3rd I had this monumental very transcendent spiritual moment where I really experienced for the first time in my life what living in the present felt like. Mm-hmm. And it was like the moment in my life where I was like oh my god this is what I've actually been looking for my entire life. It was like a very tangible real feeling. And in that moment it felt like for the first time in my life there was this utter utter like kind of surrendering where I actually felt the, the power of the universe or God, like actually holding my life Mm -hmm. up and I was just resting in it and it was just this surreal moment of rest and living in the present and I was finally enough. It was enough. Everything was enough. Like, oh my God, like this revolutionized my life because I tasted something that I've been chasing my entire life. But in that moment, there was a new hope that I felt like that birthed in me and it was just a knowing The knowing that I can fall and I will not hit the ground.
0: And see, is knowing the same, same as, as hope? See,
2: I would define those two as the same, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, So I wouldn't define, I would say the world's definition of hope is wishful thinking. But on the other side, when you're actually living in the present, when you've done this work or whatever, and you kind of, I, I hate using that language because, like, you're over here and I'm over here, but I'm not saying that. But when you're living in the present, there's an all-knowing that completely that you have an experience as you're driven by fear or expectations are still defining, or you're finding value outside of yourself, or you're looking outside of yourself. And so I think that's how I would define hope. And truthfully, I actually, and I won't get into it here, but biblical hope against all hope, like Abraham had hope. Like I would the 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 Greek word for hope used in that ancient text is actually defined, can be interpreted as a knowing so I think there is a, a correlation between like, so I would say like hope and knowing are the same.
0: When you know something, what do you hope for? Oh, damn it. Mm.
2: <laughs> That's so good. Mm. Yeah. When you, know, you know, like
0: something. what is there yeah. to hope for when you, when, when, you, when know you know
1: it. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, it's, it's helpful. I'm, to I'm just... asking.
2: No, I think there is. Yeah. No, I think, I think that is the very, I think it's, I think there, are the, the questions that we should be having is redefining hope. Mm. because I think people just don't have a c- proper context and a proper definition for hope. Like, Cause we throw that, those terms out loosely. We, throw we just ups. throw it out. Mm-hmm. Just hope, just mm-hmm. hope. Just no, what you're telling me is just to be wishful in my thinking. Yeah. Like, and just really just, and
0: to, and to suspend action. Let really. like me just sit and hope 100%, yeah. which
2: is all bullshit. And it can, can be quite passive. That. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And I, what was the question post?
0: <laughs> How, when you, when you, when you know, know something, something, when, when you have that feeling of all knowing, what is there to hope for?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. It, that is really, really good.
1: good. I, I'm thinking back to the beginning of this year, speaking of like knowing and, and the hope conversation, well, tangent. So the word to know um, in Hebrew is the word yada, and it means to know mind, body, and soul. That's so it's good. a collective knowing. It's actually not in our minds. Right. And so I think when we talk about this idea of knowing, so often we make it cognitive. Like I just know in my brain that this is true. And I think for the three of us, when we say we know, we're talking about like a, a holistic experience, right? Like in our bodies, yeah, we know. There's
2: an emotional, spiritual, like there's an alignment that happens. Yeah. You are truly of knowing. aligned.
1: But I am thinking back to the beginning of this year, and this might take us off track. We can,
0: whatever. <clears throat> there's no such thing as off track. Pivot it. I love <laughs> you. <laughs> but I,
1: so I turned, beginning of 2019, I turned 34 in the beginning of 2019. And I woke up on my birthday and I knew. It was very strange. I've never had this experience. I knew that I was going to meet a person this year. I've been hoping since I was 18 to meet my person. I was all every year. I hope I meet my person. I hope I meet my person. I woke up on my birthday and I said to like my girlfriends, I was like, I just know like there's something about this year. I know that I'm going to meet him and I didn't hope for it. That's what's weird. Now that you're saying it, I didn't, I didn't wake up in the morning and be like, I hope my person comes along and I meet him. And I didn't really think about it either. I just knew I would say things like this is the year of the husband, like (laughs) hilariously just knew in my core. And so I don't know what that was for me, but now that you're, you're differentiating this idea of hope and, and knowing and and the whole language of it, I'm like, that's really interesting experientially how that plays out because I, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is just, I'm verbally processing it, but I I don't know that if we know something, if we need to have the same Um, element of hope. Hope, right. Yeah. I think
2: knowing is a posture of your heart that inevitably produces hope in your life. It's the fruit of knowing. Mm. But the hope is...
0: Hope is the fruit of knowing? uh, Or knowing is the fruit of hope?
2: Hope is the fruit of knowing. Like when you have this knowing, when I've done the work to know that I will be held no matter what, Uh I can let go. And there's this all-encompassing Okay, and so,
0: so is letting go and hoping the same?
2: No. Okay. I think, yeah, I guess they could be. You're confusing me now. <laughs> I know. I think it's It's an it's, interesting uh, yeah. contemplation of this yeah. word
0: that I think as a society, we would say, have hope.
1: Yeah. You totally. know, like that,
0: <clears throat> that's a thing that is said mm-hmm. all the time. I think mm-hmm. it, like if you just knee jerk asked, mm-hmm. you know, ask people for their knee jerk reactions of is hope a yeah. positive thing, I think 99% of people Absolutely. would say yes. yes. And you know, and yeah, in my experience, especially in the past few weeks, yeah. I've been doing a lot of writing about this. I'm like, I, I don't know, mm. you know, uh-huh. I don't know, which is amazing. At least in my experience, you know, it's it's when you when you guys were talking, uh, I I connected a dot of a comparison that maybe I can draw here mm. mm-hmm. is the and and it was when you were talking, Kara, about when you knew you didn't hope, mm. and. That struck me because the way you were describing. Oh, I hope, I hope. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's there's an energetic signature to that. That's mm-hmm. clingy. It's yep. need. It's needy. It's longing. And and there's um, a principle that is described ca- like in quantum physics, but also in spirituality, also just in mm-hmm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's pretty logical. Is if I long for something, if I want something to be if I hope that something will be that expression, that energetic expression itself is a separation. Absolutely. It's an acknowledgement that I don't, don't currently have, have don't that, which then perpetuates the perception. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a mental construct. It's an energy. And so even when you like, there's this, there's this concept of the, the energy of wanting mm-hmm. the energy of wanting is, mm-hmm. is a perpetuation e- because when you get the thing that you want, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm the wanting doesn't go away. It just switches, Mm -hmm. but desire, but dreaming, but Mm -hmm. living in the present in order to be with the possibility, you can have something that you desire and desire it at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and so this idea of hope is closer, especially in the energy that you Mm -hmm. described it with is closer to this, like longing. It's closer to creating separation. Yeah. Um, instead of inviting.
2: So what would be the difference between this longing and dreaming?
0: Yeah, I think that's for me in this moment yeah. and I don't know. You know, yeah. this is this yeah. is definitely a very active contemplation in my life, but longing feels um like sitting on the Climbing couch and like, oh, yeah. I wish I, I had wish. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And dreaming feels like you can be in action and dream at the same time. And I think that you can dream about your dream and live it at the same time. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah, an experience yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm yeah. having right now. Yeah. Like, That's good. I'm, I am living a dream mm. and I'm still dreaming. Yep. You know, and it's holding both of those at the same time. And the fact that I'm able to do that, mm. um, that you can't, that I don't feel with hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I would totally agree
0: that is so good <laughs>
1: my, my brain is like I want to start drinking I love that I
2: do too and I said this on another podcast I don't mean to cut you off no you're end. good um because for me in the season that I'm in and it's my life has been driven by this need to do more and be more and achieve more for as far as long as I can remember you know and it was driven by hopes and expectations. It was driven by fear. It was driven by just not enoughness. Um, and the season of life that I'm in right now, it's I can I I can feel it where it's creating life from the place of present, hmm. and it's so it's so it's just a shift in paradigm, and it's such a drastic turn of events in regards to the way that I have experienced life up to this point and fear has been such a great motivator. But now I feel like when you're living from the present, it is actually allowing love to be the motivator. Like it's enough, right? And I'm living from this place of enough. And now I'm, I don't need, but I, there's this cultivation that's that the work is happening every single day that I'm, I'm living in the dream. I'm in the dream, but I'm still dreaming. And I think that's such a beautiful way of saying it. And people, I don't feel like for me, like looking it's it's really hard not to live from a place of fear. Not to live from a, like living from the present is just a radical approach, a radical shift in paradigm and approach to take for life. And it's just been so so interesting of learning, like, what does it look like to move forward from a place of flow? What does it look like to move forward from a place of inviting love and to be the driving force behind my life and not need or longing or this hope for things to be different? And it takes real like the work is to be in the present mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. that is the work
0: mm-hmm. I had the the, the experience that wow. that started me on this contemplation uh earlier this year is I kind of stumbled upon that mm-hmm. and and so the backstory is I knew we were gonna be friends <laughs> I love mm-hmm.
2: yeah. that's like I the greatest compliment ever don't steal ever. my
0: friends <laughs>
2: Christine and I had the same thought of process about something
0: <laughs> <the> <laughs> So I, I live for, for like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day mm. because I am the goal settiest goal setter that mm. ever was. Like my whole <laughs> life, I like, I love the day that I'm like, look at this fresh year and look at all the stuff I'm going to accomplish and I'm going to set all these things and I'm going to choose a word and I'm going to choose a set of intentions and I'm going to choose a goal structure and I'm going to create a matrix and a thing, you know, and like map it out. Yeah. Right. And this year I was, I, we had come off the flu. Our whole family had the Ugh. flu for like 10 days, Ugh. like from like the last half of December. Brutal. And um, and I, I kind of just moved through the new year without doing my normal, intense, way overly intense goal setting party mm-hmm. that I have, that I get so pumped for. And suddenly it was like a weekend into 2020, and, and I realized I didn't I hadn't done any of that stuff. Mm. and in the same breath, I was sitting up in my office and I'd just gotten off a call, and I looked around and I realized that in it felt like in that week, like you know that phrase where it happens slowly but all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I realized that in a, in a matter of days, it felt like I had become the person that I had always dreamed I would be, just in how I operated, like what my baseline mode of operation assumption matrix, how I would respond to things, you know, how I was with my to-do list, how I was with my work, how I was my with my family, how I was. I mean, the whole thing. I and I was sitting in my office and I got off this call and I looked around and just had this experience of myself. And I put my head in my hands and I just cried. Mm. And I I then and I was like, where did this come from? How is this happening? And then I realized, oh, I, this is the first time in my life I didn't crush myself with expectations. Yeah. So
2: good. Yeah.
0: And and it was and it was because I didn't create all of these crazy goals that I was uh, that I was able to allow myself to come alive in who I already was, mm. and then everything happened. Hey guys, Kara here.
1: I hope you are loving today's episode. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Connect Dinners. So when I moved to LA about seven years ago, I started a dinner party company with the intention of creating safe spaces for people to connect around the table. And I'm so pumped to tell you that Caleb and I have launched a new dinner series called Connect Dinners this year in 2020. Connect Dinners are invite-only curated dinner parties for 20 strangers that happen in Los Angeles. They are beautiful farm-to-table family-style meals, along with delicious organic biodynamic wines from Dry Farm Wines, and they are so much fun. We really believe that when we create spaces for connection, you're able to connect yourself connect to other people and ultimately connect to the greater whole, which allows you to live a more fulfilled life, which we love. So if you're curious about Connect Dinners, just go to connectdinners.com to find out more information. Our next dinner is February 26th in LA, and we would absolutely love to see you there.
2: Okay. So I know like people listening to this would be like, oh, so I should throw goal setting out the window. Right. Right. But goal setting had played a massive role in your life and oh, setting 100%. attention to getting you to this moment yes. where, wow. Yeah.
0: That's my why goal it's such setting, a complicated yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
2: why I think it's so like, that this is the power of learning, asking, living in the questions now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this idea of like, we're living in unanswered. It's not black and white. No, it's yeah. not. This is great. What works for you in this season is not necessarily mm-hmm. going to work for me in this season, in mm-hmm. my season. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it's so important to like, always come back to yourself and say, what's going on in my, like, what do I need now? What questions are, am I asking now? Because mm-hmm. it might not look the same exactly. to what you're asking and exactly. what you're doing right now. It's a complete individual right. journey. Absolutely. All yeah. of this. Yeah. I love that.
1: I, I keep thinking as you're talking about, um, sorry to bring it back to myself, seven <laughs> over here about being a seven, right? Also on that seven. Enneagram. <laughs> are, Yes, of course. So we are like in incessantly unhappy and unsatisfied. Right. And so, so much of our drive is, looking externally for these things to satisfy like this goal or this person or this meal or this drink or thing that will actually fill some kind of emptiness inside of us and there's the I think it's Rumi who says like um, don't be lonely the entire universe is inside of you Mm -hmm. or the idea that like we're taught so often. We just heard this beautiful Jewish parable about um, the idea that, like, when babies are born, they have all of the wisdom that they would ever need from God inside of them, mm-hmm. and when they're born, the angels strip their wisdom, and so they they have they think that they have to like go outside of themselves to find all this wisdom. When in actuality, it's all inside of us, and so I just keep thinking about this idea that like, um, like it's it's all it's all internal, and the only way to actually access any of it is is by being present, but it's making me think about the book that you sent us, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to like segue over to this book yes. called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Best book ever. Because, if you are listening to
0: this, yeah, buy it right now. <laughs> Get on your Amazon. It's twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety five, and it has this like very vibrant, cheesy cover. Yep, it's the cheesiest ever. I mean, what is that title?
1: Yeah, a happy. What, who pocket? named that? <laughs> a happy pocket full of money. Okay. But you are someone, and and with this book, who has been really pivotal in shifting my um my perception of wealth and mm-hmm. wealth consciousness, mm-hmm. and I would love for you to unpack a little bit of that for us because mm-hmm. I feel like tying it to the expectation yeah. and the goal
2: setting conversation yeah. and the need for more money. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I still am like,
1: or to make goals to make more money, mm-hmm. which sounds like a really great thing, right? Like yeah. it's a great thing to make more money. And in my mind, there's a subconscious narrative of like, well, I have to have goals if I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we,
2: can I add something to this yeah. too? Cause I'm just going to throw it on you. Okay. Um, right. I also, and speaking from personal experience and something I'm still kind of working through is, This idea that, you know, and maybe you can totally debunk this, too, if it's complete bullshit, but, like, we create the wealth in our life. It's, you know, wealth consciousness. We create the wealth that we think we're worth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a hard time hearing that, looking at my life, even though, like, I mean, I live in L.A. and it's great, you know. But I would like to create more wealth and more abundance in my life. Um, and not f- intrinsically feeling shame that something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Because if you haven't this, le- reached a certain level. I or haven't something. reached a certain yeah. level of something. Yeah. There goes the expectation and the judgment. Exactly, And that's what
0: I would also like, I would, I would push back on that mm-hmm. and say, actually a lot of the work that I do with people, especially my high net worth clientele that I work with on, on these things is disentangling net worth from self-worth. Mm-hmm. And, and what you just said is actually rooted in that. right? Mm-hmm. So much of our liberation comes in like not associating our self-worth with net yeah. worth at all mm. um, because it's not the same thing. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm.
2: So building wealth consciousness. I know that's a big part of mm-hmm. what you do and who you are.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Kara, when you were asking your question, what came up was the... The the true magic happens, and and I can speak personally in my life, and also from working with my with my clientele in this realm is no matter how much money you have in your bank account, whether it's a hundred dollars or a hundred million. the the magic starts to occur when we come into relationship with what is already, and cultivating gratitude for the. Wealth that we have access to right now, and that's monetary wealth. That's wealth of space, wealth of time, wealth of friendships, wealth mm. of love. Like there's a million different ways to define so wealth. Bringing it
2: back to the present.
0: Bringing it back to the present, mm. like like a, a way to be with how we pay our bills, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm so good. I have a bill story and a parking ticket story. Please. Yes, please. so <laughs> So so often we have this relationship with when we're paying a bill, you know, ah, the bills. Yeah. Uh whether it's a water bill or a mortgage Taxes. bill or a tax bill, yeah. we begrudgingly, you yeah. know, separate yeah. this from ourselves. Um but that is rooted in a in a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. If we can be with a gratitude for the 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 wealth that is currently in our life and taking responsibility and ownership of how we are recirculating that wealth mm-hmm. um, and the intention and the energy with which we're doing that, that is where the generative nature comes in. So mm. when you're paying your bill instead of like, "Oh I can't believe this is another you know five hundred dollars five hundred dollars for water or for electricity, mm. if you just switch that frame slightly and as you are clicking that button online or as you're writing the check saying... I am so grateful that I even yeah. have an electricity bill to pay yeah. and I am paying this because I was given the gift of light at nighttime yeah. <laughs> with, when the sun is not here. Yeah. How, what a miracle, you know what I mean? And, and paying it like that or, um, like when I got, so this is a philosophy that I that I like to talk about, and I really feel like I was being tested the other time. Um, the last time I was in LA, I came out of um, the house that I always stay at, which I thought the street cleaning was Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's Tuesday on one side of the street; it's Monday yeah. on course. the other side of the of street. Course. Didn't didn't have a clue. <laughs> so I walk out it's this fresh morning I'm heading to Abbott Kenny to like go to butcher's daughter and have my Mexican cacao (laughs) and do some writing. And I walk out and there's this $65 parking ticket. And I was like, okay, all right. I, Mm. I got it off. I drove, I parked five minutes later. And previously I've been a person who puts the parking ticket in the, uh, glove compartment yeah. and remains in denial until it's yes. five times the yes. price of what it yes. originally was. Right? Same. Yeah. yeah. Same. And then and then just like fueled with just the resentment and anger when I finally mm. go pay it at like $250 yeah. rather than the 50 So I sat in the car before I even got out and I pulled up that online portal mm-hmm. and I paid that parking ticket and I said, oh, hey, city of LA, I am so happy that I'm recirculating this $63 to you yeah. because... Maybe you're going to use this to plant a tree on one of my favorite sidewalks and I get to enjoy that. And I appreciate that I'm given the opportunity to invest mm. in this for myself and so for good. others. Mm. Here you go, city of LA. Mm. Thank you for this parking ticket. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I'm like feeling high vibe. I'm like, oh yes, look at me walking my talk. And like I walked to Butcher's Daughter. I did my thing. And then I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to just... Run down to Allbirds real quick and get a pair of shoes. Go to Allbirds. Spend (laughs) 10 minutes. I get back to my car. Y'all, I had another parking ticket. Of course you did. It was less than two hours later.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: So I look at it and I definitely had a rush of just like, yes, it was not in being with my wealth consciousness. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, I went straight Passing. into that mode. Yes. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I'm leveling up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so leveling good. up. So I'm good. being an opportunity. To, I'm given an opportunity to level up. Wow. He, here I am being aware. So mm-hmm. I definitely had like a huffy, puffy fit for a couple minutes. And then I picked up that parking ticket and I got in my car and I pulled up that on my portal I was like city of LA. I am so happy <laughs> that we have this growing relationship <laughs> in which I get to invest in you. I truly love you. My mm. heart is here and I'm happy to do this. Mm. Thank you for inviting my energy that's so good. into your accounts yeah. because I'm gifting you this yeah. with intention and love and you know, that's so good. So, so, those are, those are funny little stories to describe this reality that I have come into experience with of the, the more I allow myself to experience the wealth that I have, the wealthier I am. Mm. And metaphorically, yes, but also in very real ways as well. Like I, there is a, 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 Drastic, beyond all drastic (laughs) measures of my actual bank account when between now when I and when I started doing this work or Mm -hmm. when I wasn't aware of this work and it's inexplicable. Mm -hmm. It's it's multiples of which you would just be like, Mm how is that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like like even like debts that people have. You know, like there there was a situation where someone owed me a hundred grand from years and years and years ago, and I had just like written
2: it off. Written it off. Just
0: like. It's just, I just release it. I release it. I release the expectation of it. I release, I release, yeah. I release. Like so I would always, my coach would always have me picture like a check written to me for hundred thousand dollars and just l- watching it sail away
2: yeah. into
0: the light. <laughs> just yeah. like being okay with that. And after six years, seven years, came back. Ca- texted me out of the blue. What's your bank account transfer information? What's no the way? Yeah. Wow. I mean, so, so also stuff like that, you know, just things that are, that don't make any sense. It's, it all has happened as I have grown in my ability to be with how wealthy I already am. Mm. I like,
1: (coughs) I like the, the analogy of you, you referenced it, but letting it flow and Mm -hmm. it it sounds so whatever it sounds like, but Mm -hmm. the concept of water. And Mm -hmm. I, I had a, a good friend, Kathy once say to me, you want more money? it's like water just let it flow and it's it's so simple but this idea that it does want to circulate water needs if it water sits still it gets stagnant and disgusting but if it's flowing it's it's moving it's making more more mm-hmm. and it, yeah i just love the idea of comparing it to water yeah really there's beautiful. lynn
0: twist wrote, wrote a book called the soul of money mm-hmm. and she and she goes into that concept mm-hmm. and and just says it so eloquently yeah um and it, and it's so true. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's like water in so many ways. So, as you're getting the parking ticket, mm-hmm. and
1: you're <laughs> you're walking up to it for someone for someone who doesn't maybe hasn't done this work yet, mm-hmm. their natural response would be to be like, mm, yes. "F mm-hmm. you" to the parking ticket, right? Mm-hmm. So, my question is: Is it is is the work saying the words of "thank you, LA"? Or is the like what is the actual work? Is it is it the verbalization of Thank you, La, mm-hmm. and kind of practicing the words so that your heart follows along, or is it more attempting to shift, like your heart posture
0: around? Do do, you, do yeah, you it's pain? it's a yes, it's it's that I think. More, more than that, because that can look different for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, like this is also like our yeah. relationship with money is also an incredibly individual experience mm-hmm. that's laden with what we've Absolutely. learned to be true about yeah. money and wealth, mm-hmm. and what we've seen demonstrated, and what you know, like having zero dollars in your bank account can be just as paralyzing as having a billion dollars yeah. in your bank account, depending on how you, or you know, vice versa, Absolutely. having a bill- yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it, it's not necessarily advising verbalization what this is at the heart of it is coming into ownership responsibility and relationship with how i am being with my wealth in general so Mm. so even yeah with a parking ticket you know having understanding that money is an energetic entity Mm. you know and and we can we can lynn twist says imbue your money with soul Mm. imbue it with you imbue it with your soul take responsibility for the fact that like whether you're buying a coffee or a pair of shoes, or donating to a charity, or investing in coaching—you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is—that if you do that with with an air of, I acknowledge that I have the ability right now to circulate this energy to this store or this person or this entity. Mm-hmm. Um, something I get my my clients to do, especially when when they when they invest all at once, mm-hmm. um, is first of all to Frame it as an investment because it is instead of mm-hmm. like a payment or a, an invoice, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's an investment. And, and I ask them to do a meditation where right as they m- make the transfer, pay the square invoice, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that they visualize all of the dollars that make up that amount that they're investing as like a current of energy that's flowing outwards from them mm-hmm. and like moving into the world and creating something. Yeah, that they would love, and and so that you can you can take that approach whether you're paying a parking ticket or buying a coffee or whatever it is yeah. mm. to take responsibility and ownership for
2: yeah.
0: how we are being with our wealth consciousness, yeah, and yeah. and and knowing that it does have an effect on the world.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and it's gets, a it's
0: a it's a never ending ripple effect. Yeah, never ending. Mm-hmm. It's it's a like energy cannot be created or destroyed. It is so yeah. good. And actually, something that Allie. Fallon told me mm. now Allie Ford, yes. um, she, she was telling me she was reading this book and you know what? I cannot remember the name of the book, but, um, it's a demonstration of how abundant the universe truly is. So, mm. so she said, you take a $5 bill and I go buy a coffee mm. from you and I have my coffee. And then you take that same $5 bill and you go buy a book from Kara and then you have your book mm. and then you take that $5 bill and you buy a flower and then you have your flower and that person takes that same $5 bill and they buy a banana yeah. and they have their banana. That It's that same, same $5, $5 bill, bill that's perpetually creating
2: it's people's lives.
0: It's, yeah. it's actually abundant. It's actually yeah. unlimited. Generative. Yeah. Yes. Very. So good. I was just like, oh, oh <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing when we circulate mm. money. Um, you know, it's not even spending money because mm. energy cannot be spent. I love mm. that. It's recirculating, and so when you frame it like that, there's a lot more ownership over how am I choosing to send this energy out into the world, and then that's when it expands.
2: Yeah. Mm. See, honey, I just recirculated the money for the podcast equipment. (laughs) Good job, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we gotta buy more stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think uh, coming from experience, uh, you know, growing up with there's never enough, like in money and. It was never demonstrated well in terms of how to handle money. And I know that's so many people's story. And I, I know from experience that I have focused a lot on on just wealth consciousness and really cultivating a position of abundance, a mm-hmm. heart position of abundance. And I think the first step really is going back to your question too, is just building the awareness. I think what yeah. Viktor Frankl says, his great quote between um, stimulus and response is choice. Mm. And it's this idea of like, okay, I got a parking ticket holy shit, I'm about to freak out, but I have a choice to decide how I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. And it's cultivating, building, and practicing that self-awareness mm-hmm. of learning like, oh my gosh, I'm triggered right now, but I have a choice on how I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. And then realizing you're not going to get it right. Like, I've gotten so many parking tickets and I you know, got really angry and I've done the, put it in my glove department and not talk, <laughs> yeah. not look at it, just being in denial. Uh, but also learning how to show yourself some compassion for the way that you responded. Yeah. You know, being like, damn it, that was an opportunity to level up and yeah. I missed it. But now a week later I'm leveling up again. I'm going to level up now. Yeah. Uh, and then that time kind of decreases now. It's like, something happens and now I respond and I level up immediately. Yeah. And there's just showing yourself compassion and grace in that process. Mm. And
0: that's why it's a practice. (laughs) It
2: is a practice. And
0: everything's a practice. It's all a practice. And I truly believe there is no good, bad, right or wrong when it comes (laughs) to this. You know, like uh, you brought up Rumi. I Mm. love that Rumi quote and it's longer than this and it actually gets more profound Mm -hmm. when you read more of it. But, um, out beyond right and wrong, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Mm. You know, like right and wrong is, pretty arbitrary Mm -hmm. and um and i think being in practice and giving all of ourselves grace with what most resonates to us right now and being in touch with why that is there's so much energy there and um yeah, it's yeah. the difference in the right thing for you and the next right. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm,
1: I'm just thinking for someone who maybe has never thought about the idea of wealth consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were talking, I was having this memory of when I was like 21 and had, it was maybe my second year of counseling. I was in the pit of like self hatred and mm-hmm. self dysfunction and self abuse. And mm-hmm. my counselor, I, ha- I was having a really hard time believing that I was beautiful. And my counselor, every day, would make me go sit in front of a mirror and out loud say out say out loud to myself you are beautiful you are beautiful you are beautiful. And I was like, hell no I'm not doing that. But <laughs> then I did, right? And it was really fascinating over the the course of 6 months a year how like the words that I was speaking actually changed my my perception in my brain. And Taking that into money, I was thinking uh, the exercise that you asked us to do, mm-hmm. um, to write a letter to money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? And maybe yes. for someone who's listening, who's never had this idea of wealth, wealth consciousness, why that can be a helpful practice?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it goes back to um, acknowledging that money is something that we are in relationship with, mm. period. Mm-hmm. And we can choose the nature of that relationship. So yeah. Um, just like we can choose our response or our reaction Mm. or anything else Mm. um yeah and and it helped me uh there's uh, who wrote this book um is it kate northrup she wrote money a love story Mm. and so it's uh, like she talks about some of these components and um when you write a love letter to money you can see money as something more than, like, numbers on a computer screen or number on, numbers on your phone screen. Mm. Um, and you can... You, you have an opportunity to get real with what your mm-hmm. assumptions have been your whole life. Mm-hmm. And to apologize. It's almost like... Mm. It's almost like um, you are... You are claiming a redo for a relationship in your life with someone who's always been there for you mm. and who's, like, been behind you and, you know fired up and, and rooting for you Absolutely. that you've just like pretended like is not there mistreated or said mean things about like money's the root of all evil or right, <laughs> like, right. I don't care about money. Money's not what motivates me, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 You know, like the, we say, so, you know, even those, like those last two things, like people almost say that as like a badge of honor. Like I'm not motivated by money.
1: Yeah. I have Yet, a friend who says that a lot. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, And we are Like I I see, I get that. And I've also Mm -hmm. said that myself at at times in life, but I'm now in this relationship with money where I'm like, no, I am motivated by money Mm -hmm. because you know what? I understand that because money is an energetic entity and I am in relationship in this really powerful way that I'm proud of with money, that the more money that circulates through me and my specific accounts and the way that I'm recirculating that out into the world like I want more of that yeah, yeah. for myself for the world for you know what I yeah. mean and you it takes know takes a trusting of yourself I, and i am like it does yeah. and i'm and i'm thinking about like if i heard someone say that a few years ago i would definitely be like oh, and you know probably have judged them <laughs> the know, the being, or no oh, just like okay. being like no i am yes, motivated yes, by yes. money yeah totally um but i've disentangled that Archetype that's of so someone good. who's only motivated by money because mm. they don't care about anything else. No, I'm motivated by money because I care.
2: About other, I care about everything yeah, else. Yeah. you so know good. what I
0: mean. Yeah, that's so good. Because yeah. it's like the I claim, I claim that mm. I, such a
2: false humility. Mm. Yeah, that.
0: and it's it's a it's a yeah. You yeah. all see what I'm. I saying. actually wrote I'll a stop letter trying to money. Validate. No, I did. We I actually did. just
2: pulled it up. I said, because it was extremely healing for me yeah. when I wrote this. And it flowed where I yeah. was like, I had a 45-minute flight from like Yakima, Washington to Seattle. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was like, yeah. but I said on, I'm going to read you a little section. Yes, it says, every time you came into my life as I got older, there was a part of me that has always felt increasingly more stupid with you. You have to understand that as much as I blamed you for this relationship, I didn't know any better. Nobody came into my life and taught me how to actually have a thriving relationship with you. All I had and all I was left with was what I felt and I felt at my core and it wasn't what I felt at my core and it wasn't pleasant. I felt stupid when I didn't know how to handle you. I felt shame for how I did handle you in the past and I felt immense fear that I would continue to fuck this up. And as a result, I've resisted you and pushed you away and time and time again. But I've also cried out for you and deeply longed for you almost every single day too. I can only imagine how confusing that has been for you and what has that, and what that has made you feel like and i'm sorry i know that there are no real words that can ever change how i handle this relationship in the past but i do hope that you forgive me and i hope that you understand that i do know better now and it was like
0: so powerful it really was okay. so and, powerful and, and and like and that's and that's why writing mm. this letter yeah. is so powerful is because it allows you to ha- be in relationship you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and and to and to notice the assumptions and the contradicting requests absolutely and 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 mindsets that we have about money like i want you i like i need you blah, 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 why aren't you here and and also get like get away from me money's rude all evil like <laughs> yeah. uh, you know yeah that's, okay. that's it really does Caleb. it really does
1: frame it like a relationship it, really it was mm-hmm. that letter was so mm-hmm. powerful for mm-hmm. me yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, so I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so
2: happy. I'm going all. to um, wrap this up. We're almost at an hour. No, we want to hang, hang out with really you
0: longer. We almost
1: in an hour. <laughs> we'll just bring a podcast here to dinner. What is time? It I'm doesn't gonna exist. I'm going to
2: ask you a, a, a question. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. There's, I don't know if there's an actual, maybe you have an answer for this, but I'm just curious. Is there a question that you know you should be asking yourself right now, but you're not ready to ask yourself or you're afraid to ask yourself?
0: Ooh, that is a wonderful question. Mm. Um. I'm really, I have my eyes closed right now. (laughs) I'm really thinking about that. (sighs) My knee jerk is, is I can't think of one. That doesn't Mm. mean there's not one. Mm. Um, It's a big question. It is a big question and it's an important one. Uh, In the past, I have uncovered many of those. Um, Right now, I'm I'm at a place where I am I'm being with all of the mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. things of the pa- of 2019. Um, and I'm working on asking the questions about all the things that I, you know, tried to breeze by or cover up or patch up or whatever. Um, and I'm doing that work with my executive coach. So I'm I'm very much in the process of of mm-hmm. asking the hard and hidden questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't think
2: of no, one that's in good. this moment
1: so
2: good um well thank you for this and I I know I speak for Karen when I say this but I just want to honor you um, you. and all the work that you've done because I know what you put out into the world today all the goodness all the magic it didn't come without a cost Mm -hmm. and I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to show up because I know it wasn't all bubbles and rainbows the whole (laughs) way through right I know that there's a lot of work to do and it it cost you a lot to get here and Mm -hmm. I think I can speak for both of us when I say thank you sincerely. Like, I honestly, your post notifications, like you don't post much on Instagram, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I have your post notifications turned on <laughs> right? so that when you do post, I'm like, What does Christine I mean, say? What, so what does Christine say? That <laughs> because be I want to read it. it. Our mantra, what does Christine <laughs> think about that? Yeah, uh, but so thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time and inviting us into your beautiful home.
1: Thank yeah, you. you're a sage of wisdom. Very beautiful words. You
0: I've got the heart of a hero The strength of a lion